Welcome, and thanks for stopping by. You're listening to Take the Reins, a weekly personal growth podcast for horse owners. If you're invested in becoming the best version of yourself in all your relationships, both human and equine, this is the spot for you. Through our conversations, you will learn how to become a stronger communicator, leader, and deepen the connection you crave both in and out of the arena. Horses have an awful lot to teach us, yet very little of it actually has to do with horses. They reflect back to you who you are emotionally, physically, and energetically. They are a mirror to your soul, and it is time to take an honest look at who you are and who you want to become. I can't wait to connect with you, so here we go. All right, guys, I have another fantastic interview for you today with one of our Riding Through It authors. I can't wait for you to meet her and fall in love with her. Amber, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Nikki. Thanks for being here. And can you just share with me who you are, where you're from, and any horses you currently have? (laughs) I don't take attendance of my horses on purpose, but I'm Amber. (laughs) My last name is Holm. And I live in central Oregon, um, outside of Bend, Oregon in beautiful Tumalo. And I have about 20 horses on the ranch right now. Half of those are permanent residents here and horses that I would consider I'm the guardian of. And half of those are fosters for a rescue that I work with. Wonderful. So at what age or point in your life would you classify yourself as an equestrian? 10. <laughs> That's the, the best, short answer. That was the I was most clear answer I've had out of anyone for that question. <laughs> Why 10? I was 10 years old when I got my first horse for a Christmas present after a couple trail rides uh, and got hooked. And I remember that day distinctly. And so I was 10 years old. And from then on, I've never looked back. That's awesome. I got a pony for Christmas when I was nine. See, your answer is no. <laughs> Okay, so why don't you share with us a brief description of your chapter? What I wrote about in my chapter was my newer to me journey, but um, very dove in head first journey, I'll say, with Mustangs and rescue work and how they have affected my life, my healing journey through some trauma that I was working through and continue to work through and what they have brought to my life as far as being on the human side. Well, I have to say, I feel like your chapter is kind of in the center of the book and it, I feel like the book really works its way up to your chapter. And then we have your chapter and then things kind of like work their way down from it. As I read it, it's like yours is like this tipping point in this whole book that just like I get chills every time I read it. And it brings up so many emotions for me. Maybe it's because of there's personal things for myself, but I feel like others are really going to get that same, uh, you know, emotional attachment to your story. So I'm really glad that you did share it and that you wrote it the way that you did. You wrote so brilliantly. So I have to say thank you for that. And I already talked about my feelings, but what do you hope readers are left feeling after reading, writing through it? Well, uh, I think you just called me like the drama, the like, crescendo of drama that goes up with <laughs> is it me am I the problem <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I actually haven't read the book in its entirety yet because I want to read it 
when it comes out with everybody else and then, and also the people that I'm sharing it with. So I don't know what it is you're speaking of, but I can kind of picture it based on the surrounds. Um, I hope that um, horse people or not horse people when reading this book come away with the power of horses, just the power of humans and any animals and the journey that they can share with us and take us on outside of ourselves and um, getting outside of ourselves. So I, yeah, I think that's about it. I think it's just the power of animals, whether it's horses or not, and what we can do for them and more importantly, what they can do for us. I think that's going to be a very strong message throughout the, the book. So it's a great one for you to hope people feel at the end. And I love that you haven't read it in its entirety yet. And I know that we've spoken about it with the rest of the authors. And as I put the book out there, uh, the manuscript out there, I was like, okay, guys, you don't like, don't feel the pressure to read this right now. There's something about sitting down and reading it from front to back with the physical book in your hand. So uh, I'm excited to hear about that process for you. But before we finish up the interview, why don't you just tell me why did you say yes to this writing project? So the concept of you <laughs> and this project, <laughs> it was my first introduction to you. Somebody forwarded me, I think that it was an Instagram post or a shout out to fill out the application for the authors for this project. And they sent it to me and they were like, this is you. And it was at a time in my year, this previous year that I was so busy, I couldn't fathom doing one more thing but I love sharing writing I love being a storyteller I love telling stories about horses and so this was like the push that I needed to be able to do that and this project has been such a great blessing in that way of like pushing me outside my comfort zone to share the voice that's like brewing within me constantly so I said yes to it and did the application however I must say that the application was due at midnight your time um <laughs> And I quite literally hit the submit button one minute before that and started filling it out about 10 minutes before that. So I was pumping the brakes for myself the whole time. And then finally just was like, this is what we got to do. And I'm so happy that I did. I'm so happy you did as well. I'm so honored that you decided to share with us. And I'm so glad that somebody sent the little Instagram thing off to you. The other part that just makes me so happy to hear is that you knew you were too busy for this. And I feel like that's, that's maybe the story of my life where things come up and I'm like too busy. I'm too busy. Oh, but wait, that's the thing I need to now focus my time on. So I, I think that's a really good message to people is that when something pulls your heart in a certain direction, you can always make the time and you very brilliantly made the time whenever you needed to. You've shown up exactly when I need you to throughout the last however many months we've been working together. And I know that it's been hard for you because you've been quite busy and working with a lot of horses. So I appreciate your time. Yeah, I appreciate it too. I will say that if you're thinking about doing these things right when she had sent me this post that you had posted I know where I was it was dark here and I was out in a barn quite literally that week we had taken in a dozen wild mustang yearlings on my property and I was kind of like really is this is this what I'm going to be presented with but the timing actually in hindsight couldn't have been better because it gave me everything I needed to brew inside to tell the story and go on from there so Perfect. I'm into it well you did a beautiful job and thank you for joining me here today I really appreciate it thanks Nikki
Hello, everyone. I'm so excited for you to meet another one of our equestrian authors of Riding Through It. Welcome, Danielle. Hey, Nikki. Thanks for having me on this morning. No problem. Thanks for joining me. Why don't you start with introducing to us who you are, where you're from, and any horses you currently have? Okay. Uh, my name is Danielle Small. I live in Aylesford, which is in the Annapolis Valley of Nova Scotia. I live in a tiny little apartment with my dog and cat, uh, but my horses live at my mom's hobby farm. So together, my mom and I have three horses. Um, all three are Arabian crosses, a couple very elderly, and then one sort of newer to us horse. Very nice. How many cats? Did you save your cats? I, I just have one cat. I haven't reached the crazy cat lady stage yet. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> she'll probably join us at some point. <laughs> All right. Wonderful. So at what age or point in your life would you classify yourself as an equestrian? So I'm one of those really lucky people that comes from a very horsey family. So my great grandfather raced standard bred racehorses and my mom was really involved in that. So there's pictures of me, you know, like as an infant being held on horseback. But thinking about this question, I think I would classify myself as an equestrian when I was less of a passive recipient of horses. Um, so probably in my teenage years, my mom and I started collaborating on training and really having a back and forth relationship about the horse husbandry. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's when I would say I was an equestrian. I really like that thought process of like actively choosing to be a horse person versus just like, okay, this is just part of life. So that's, that's really cool. Thank you for that. And no why don't you give us a brief description of your chapter? My chapter is interesting. It has kind of an elastic timeline. It's, it definitely started out when I was writing it as kind of a stream of consciousness, um, which is kind of my process. So it starts out with kind of a major health life event. Mm -hmm. um, and then I take that and relate it back to a horse journey that I had with two different horses over the course of my sort of 20s. And so the two main characters, I would say, in my story are Duke, um, a quarter horse stallion that I purchased, and then Leah, a horse that I have now. So yeah, the chapter just kind of relates how my physical health has affected my ability to work with horses and what that meant for our relationships. From what I can see, this book, people, whoever reads it, they're going to just really have certain chapters that call to them and resonate deeply with them for whatever reason. Overall, I'm absolutely thrilled with it. And again, being a reader myself, because I've sat down and read it multiple times now, I have to say that your chapter was one of the pivotal chapters for me. I can't tell you why. I can't tell you what exactly in it is the thing that really like hit me hard, but your chapter was one of them for me. And all of them are phenomenal, but it's just, there's, there's these things that resonate with people. And it's so strange for me to say, like, I don't even know what it is. It's just, Something about your chapter hit me really hard and uh, in all the good ways. So I'm really grateful that you were a part of this project. Oh, thank you. I think the chapter really lends back to quite a few of your podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. um, you did an episode on like how to know that you've got the right horse for you mm -hmm. and when it's time to move on. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that sort of conversation is really important in my chapter. Mm -hmm. um, 
so yeah, I think it links well with what you're trying to do with your podcast. And yeah, I think you're probably hitting the nail right on the head there for sure. All right. So what do you hope readers are left feeling after reading, writing through it? I think one thing that like, you know, reading through the other authors chapters and things like that, um, one sort of standout message is like hope and moving forward with your journey. You know, there's definite themes of people feeling stuck or people coming up against a wall um, in their chapter and then using um, their horses and their equestrian journey to sort of move through chapters of their own life. So I think that, yeah, that sort of like clarity through horsemanship and moving forward would definitely be one of the main messages of our book. I agree. That's awesome. Okay. And lastly, why did you say yes to this writing project? You know, little backstory. I, I met Nikki and Mike through, um, through one of their uh, trail clinics at a boarding facility that I was staying at. So I followed you on Instagram and Facebook and all of that for quite some time. So I saw your sort of teaser call out. It wasn't even like the original or the official, please submit your writing sample. And the story just sort of wrote itself uh, in my head. I really wish I was one of those very deliberate people that could sit down and just write um, because I told myself I need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's not how it works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just sat down and sort of wrote down close to 1500 words right away. And then yeah. So then it was just felt like I needed to submit it at that point. It needed to be said. Well, I have to say that the writing process is so individual for everybody and whatever your process was, it absolutely worked. It's <laughs> written very well. It's just a, it's a fantastic story for people to read, to get that feeling of hope and to be able to reflect on their own journey. And I'm so glad that you decided to share it and that it resonated with you to just be like, okay, I need to actually like put this pen to paper here. And it's funny because I spoke to Amber yesterday, another one of the authors, and she was like, you know, I, I'm one of those people. I'm always the one that comes in last. And so there are so many different styles of people and writing and all of like just the way people process in this book, but somehow Chelsea, our editor, who is absolutely amazing has been able to just have this flow so nicely that I, I'm just so thrilled that everyone with all their different writing styles <laughs> and their stories have been able to uh, to be a part of it. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. And thank you and Nadine for bringing us all together because it's definitely been a labor of love <laughs> and uh, I'm really excited to to share it with everyone. It has been. It's funny. You bring up Nadine. Somebody said, I might've been you. Maybe it wasn't. There's so many, but- they said, I'm so like, thank you for being so organized. And I laughed. Was that you? Uh, I think we've all mentioned it at one point. So <laughs> that like, That's not me. That is yeah. Nadine. She is amazing. Anything to do with organization and uh, she's on it. So she's been brilliant for this project as well. So thank you for joining me today, Danielle. I really thank appreciate you so taking the time and I can't wait for everybody to read your story. Great. Talk to you soon. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another fantastic interview with another one of our awesome authors from Riding Through It. Welcome, Lexi. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being here. Why don't you just share with us who you are, where you're from, and any horses you currently have? All right. Uh, My name is Lexi Bussey. I grew up in a very, very small town in central Saskatchewan. 
And uh, I grew up riding horses. I started when I was eight. I sort of begged my parents for lessons and they caved and they continued to cave. And now we're almost 20 years later. They're still like, how did we get here? I'm not, how did we, how did we spend all this money on horses? I, I don't remember signing up for this. I remember signing up for like three intro lessons and then it just all spiraled from there. Uh, but yeah, horses have been a huge part of my life forever. Um, I went to school at University of Saskatchewan and then I moved out to BC uh, January 2020, which was a really great time to move anywhere. I now live in Abbotsford, BC. I'm going to school at University of Fraser Valley, um, trying to get into occupational therapy. I and I teach riding lessons at Collingwood Stables in Langley, BC. Mm-hmm. And I currently have one horse. His name is Dieter. He's a gentle giant. He's 18 hand warm blood, but he's probably just a large dog. <laughs> he could have easily be named Clifford because he's just a really large red dog, basically. Uh, and and we he and I do the the jumpers together. Oh, that's awesome! And moving in January 2020, I can just imagine. <laughs> A few struggles there. (laughs) All right. So at what age you kind of covered this, but it might be a little bit of a different answer based on the answers that I've been getting from other authors. So I'm interested to hear at what age or point in your life you would classify yourself as an equestrian. I would say probably age, maybe let's say horse obsessed starting age seven. So it took me a full year to grind down my parents to like get me into riding lessons and I think probably like I would say to classify myself as an equestrian probably when I was 10 very vivid I like four days after my 10th birthday I fell off a horse and broke my arm quite impressively and it was never a question of me getting back on or like once I healed getting back to riding and I I had options my parents were like you can be done no questions asked you can be done now and I was like no no this is my thing I will continue to to do my thing so I'd say like at 10 being that be like no this is my my passion my my thing so that's great that is a unique example (laughs) so (laughs) I really like that that's fantastic it's that that moment of resolve where you're like no it doesn't really matter that that hurt and that I physically got hurt I'm I'm now this is part of me that's great okay so why don't you and speaking of unique because your story is quite unique in the story as well so why don't you just give us a brief description of your chapter yeah so my chapter isn't even really my chapter it is a joint story it is telling the story of one of my dear friends who uh, I've ridden with my since I started riding, basically, who's several years younger than me, but vastly more talented and has done all of the things. And she was going through a very difficult mental health issue and was hospitalized on and off several times in a year and, and spent a great deal of time in the hospital. And the story of me and my horse and her sort of all coming together to to give her some hope and to to sort of bring a spark back into her life. Oh, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. It's a struggle to read it and hear what both of you went through um, mm-hmm. and to hear your processing. But, you know, you wrote really well and I'm just Thank really you. glad that 
both you and your friend were willing to be a part of this project because I know that you did the the background work, but you know, she yeah. needs to be able to say, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to tell my story too. Yeah. And it was, it was really interesting because just because of the nature of all of the medications and, and stuff that was going on in her life, she doesn't actually have a very good recollection of what was happening in the first months of her hospitalization, but I do. And I was there and I was in the hospital room with her and, and, you know, waiting for her after treatments and, and just, I was just there and she really, and I'm quite happy that she doesn't really remember it very well because I'm like, it wasn't great. Mm -hmm. Like it was kind of horrible. So I'm so happy that she doesn't remember it, but it was great for me to write this. Yeah. Very cathartic to be like, this was maybe a little traumatic for me and I might need to process some of the things that happened. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting um, that you say that because that seems to be something that's come up for a lot of the writers on this project is going, oh, wow. Like I knew I had a story that I wanted to tell, but not quite realizing how cathartic it was actually going to be. And that if it wasn't the thing that they felt like they needed to process, it was like the starting piece to be able to really help them process in a way that they they didn't even realize they needed. Yeah, for sure. And and yeah, I was like I came into this project I was like I have so many stories I could tell, but that this was the one that I was like this is probably the one that needs the most unpacking. Yeah. For me personally. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, what do you hope the readers are left feeling after reading writing through it? Um, I hope for the people that are in the horse world, it's sort of a, a reminder of the power of, of horsemanship and horses and riding and even the riding community. Um, I mean, to be fair, the riding community can be kind of harsh sometimes, but there's these great people in it as well. And, and we're all there for the same reason. We're all there because we love horses and that sometimes gets lost in like competitiveness and finances and what have you like we all started riding because we love horses and or we started getting involved with horses because they're beautiful and and inspiring to us and just to remember that and for people that aren't involved with horses I think it's just sort of like hey just so you know, this is the power that they have. This is what these horse people are getting out of, of their, their time, all, all of the time and commitment. Like this is what we're finding from it and uh, sort of that joy in horses. Mm-hmm. And, and also, especially for like my story in particular and some of the other stories, the mental health benefits uh, of horses and like the strength that you can find from horses. Mm-hmm. I think it's also really just a, like horses are mental health, riding is mental health and th- that sort of piece as well. Yeah, definitely. Oh, there's so much that's going to be taken overall, but I really like those. That's great. Lastly, why did you say yes to this writing project? You know, it was kind of saying yes to me. I have been writing stories since I can remember. Um, and I wrote a story 10 years ago. Well, more than 10 years ago, but it was published 10 years ago in a Saskatchewan magazine and about horses. And really my 
coach who I loved dearly, she, it was kind of a funny story in that I had written this piece for like a high school assignment. And as I was writing it, it was sort of like the horse I was riding at the time was very difficult, but like, you don't say anything bad about your coach's horses. Like, no, 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 no. And so I written the story about how this horse was difficult and I was discouraged and yada, yada, yada. And I remember very vividly, like putting it in a folder, hiding it in the computer so that nobody would ever see it. I'm just going to hand it in. And I knew it was a really good piece of writing, but I was just like, I just going to hide it. And lo and behold, Nikki, I come home one day and my mom's like, so I did a thing. And I'm like, oh, what did you? She's like, well, I was just perusing the computer and I found this story and I read it. And so I sent it to your coach. And I was like, I no, I specifically was like, she can never read this or she'll murder me. Like I was legit. I was like, no, no, you didn't like nightmare fuel. I was like, no, you didn't. But Elaine loved it because it did have a, like a positive spin, but she loved it and she thought it should be published. And one of my greatest regrets is she passed from cancer two months before it was published. Um, and the bigger regret is I didn't even tell her it was going to be published because I was planning on surprising her with a copy of the magazine. Oh. And I'm like, I know, I know she knows now, but I was just at the time, I was just like, like mm-hmm. months I just missed it by you know months because you know she was this immortal being in my brain and I was like no she's not going to she's not going to die of cancer it's not something that's going to happen to her so really it was just an extension of being like she inspired me to write back then and publish a story back then and and now sort of taking it back and in and, and publishing it another story is really you know, part of the ongoing passion of, of writing and writing that has sort of dotted my life. Thank you so much for sharing that story. <laughs> I wish the people could actually see, the, the people listening could actually see my response. I like hand yeah. over my mouth. <laughs> I know. Send it to your coach. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm yeah, sorry I know. for you. I was like, I was like, how did, how did, I specifically thought as writing this, this can't ever happen. And it happened. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, uh, well, you know, certain things are, are meant to happen. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry to hear of your loss, but I know that this alone, you know, think of that feeling of like, yeah. yes, this is published. Uh, mm-hmm. I know she's probably just cheering from you for you. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's not a nice sentiment at least. Yeah. And uh, thank you so much for sharing. I'm greatly honored to have this story as a part of writing through it. And I do think it's one that needs to be told. So thank you for sharing and spending your time today. Yes, thank you. I think I mentioned to you once that being on a podcast was one of my like bucket list items. So here we go. Check. (laughs) Oh, that's great. All right. Well, thank you, Lexi. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Nikki. All right, everyone. I'm excited to be sharing with you another interview with one of our equestrian authors of Riding Through It. Welcome, Danielle. Hi, thank you. Well, thank you for being here. I really appreciate you taking the time. And I would love for our listeners to hear who you are, where you're from, and any horses you currently have. Um, well, I, as you mentioned, I'm Danielle. Um, Danielle Kroll, because there's two Danielles in the book. <laughs> I'm, I lived uh, in Toronto, Nova Scotia, so just outside of Toronto, actually. And um, I have two horses. 
my mayor, Soda, who is kind of the leading actress in my <laughs> chapter. And, um, and then I also have my newer gelding, Paco, who I uh, just recently purchased in the summer. Amazing. How is Paco doing? Oh, he's so good. I just love him so much. It's so funny. I'm, I've always been more of a mare person mm -hmm. and now I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a gelding person. <laughs> this is, this is how I feel. I've had, or like, I think I've had one gelding until I got Ford. And other than that, I've always had mares and he is totally turning me into a gelding person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, the thing I love though, too, is, um, soda. She's, she's a little bit like a, um, she's kind of a lone wolf. She likes to do her own thing, mind her own business. Like she wants to have a friend, but don't bug me. Mm -hmm. Um, typical kind of mare and, um, her and Paco, they're like a little old married couple. They walk side by side at all times. They're always standing together. They sleep together. Like they're just the cutest, I love them so much. It's, oh. it makes my heart burst. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I love it. Okay. So next question is at what age would you classify yourself as an equestrian? I would say age eight, because up until that point, um, horses weren't really on my radar. I don't come from a horse family. My best friend at the time, she started taking riding lessons and I just thought I would do it too. And that kind of quickly escalated to the point that my bedroom walls, you couldn't even see the paint. It was like tiny magazine cutouts everywhere. The tape marks on the wall when we took everything down as I became a teenager were horrible, but it, it escalated very quickly at the age of eight. Oh, that's great. It sounds like every parent's nightmare and every child's dream. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you wouldn't mind, just describe briefly your chapter for us. So my chapter, it kind of goes from the age of like a teenager to current and my dealing with, I'm trying to think of the right word, how to, what to say, um, of an eating disorder and never feeling like I was good enough, confidence issues, self-doubt, and just how that affected all areas of my life from, you know, personal relationships to my jobs to, you know, obviously also with my horses and yeah, how I got to where I am now. Not that right now is perfect by any means. And not that I suddenly have all the answers <laughs> that's far from the truth, but it's yeah, just how I've gotten to where I am simply because of the horse that you know, Nona Soda, how she really forced me to level up as a human being and, you know, realize that I'm much more than the scale says, you know, the weight and all the, all the effects of that also. Mm -hmm. I think your story is a very important one to share, not only within general readers, but especially within the horse world. I think mm -hmm. it's not spoken about enough, the pressure of feeling the judgment of others, whether that be to do with our abilities or our appearance or anything that anyone does in the horse world. It feels like there's judgment kind of coming from all different areas and then the impact that that has and also the ability to have our horses be the very thing that can help us get to the other side of it. So, you know, being involved in the horse world 
is sometimes the catalyst, but it also can be the, the healing power as well. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, I mean, we're in an industry where we literally pay people to judge us, you know, (laughs) true story. and, (laughs) and so, I mean, I, and still to this day, like riding in front of people and being in an arena by myself and having all eyes on me is terrifying at times, mm-hmm. you know, and to, to grow up with that, where I was afraid to have people watching me, it trickled into all areas of my life, you know, the school cafeteria, you know, mm-hmm. as simple as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I didn't like people watching me and we literally are in an industry that that is a large part of it. Yeah. So I'm really grateful that you decided to share your story because I do think it's a very important one and the book would not be the same without it. So thank you for that. And I know that it took some gumption to be able to do so. So, you know, and I think it's important. And I think the other authors have done a really great job of communicating this as well, but sharing these stories has not been the easiest thing. It's been maybe a necessary thing that some people didn't even realize was needed to be able to see how far they've come and to help, you know, I won't, I don't want to say finalize, but to help further their healing that they were already writing about. So it's been really interesting. So sharing of the stories has been the most easy thing, but it's been definitely something that people have felt like they've needed to do and didn't even realize they needed to do for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know for me, it's, it's been something that I've wanted to share for a very long time. And I've kind of, you know, talked about um, my eating disorder in a lot of different ways, but I haven't talked about it so much within like the, the equestrian realm. It's been more so just speaking um, to young girls and speaking to other women and, and things like that about body image but to, to bring it back to the equestrian space and to say, you know, how much this also impacted me both positively and negatively, you know, now more so very positively, but uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I knew that it was a necessary story to share as like, in trying to say that in the least narcissistic way possible, Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that it is, I do believe that my story and my experiences is, is very important for girls and just women of all ages to hear. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Okay. So what do you hope the readers of writing through it are left feeling after reading the book? Inspired and connected. One thing that I love about all of our stories and each one of the authors has such a different life experience, both within the equestrian industry and then also just in life in general. And I, and I love that. I love that. It's not all like professional riders or it's not all like, it's all very, we, we have such a varied background, Mm -hmm. um, disciplines, what we do with our horses, you know, all of that stuff. And I love that because I feel like everybody will be able to relate to something in the book. And I, I hope that people feel like they're not alone. Mm. Like, they're not thinking, oh, well, this is my experience in the horse industry. Nobody gets it because we, we all have such a varied background and we all have these different stories that I, I hope people, people feel, yeah, like they're not alone. Yeah, I think they will. I think you're right. It has covered so many different areas within the horse world. And I think 
it's easy for us when we just look at like the competition world and think of like, what is the horse world? And we think it, we just put it into disciplines. But then when you actually look at what being an equestrian is and the different ways in which people are an equestrian, it's really showcased in this, in this book. It's not all about the competition and the discipline that we ride. And I think that I think it's an important thing for people to be able to see themselves in the books that they read. And I think we have definitely achieved that. Okay. So why did you say yes to this book project? Uh, I, I briefly mentioned this where it, I, I've wanted to share my story for a while and I just didn't know how this was such a great opportunity to, for me to reach a, a larger platform of people rather than me just doing like an Instagram post. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yes, because I, I want people to not feel alone. I want people to see themselves in these stories and in my story or for their, them to see their daughter in my story and to recognize, you know, maybe what she could be going through and how to help. I said yes, because I know the impact this book is going to have. And I hope that my story, you know, is a part of that for people. Oh, it absolutely will be. Thank you so much for being a part of this. I'm so grateful to have you. And I know that people will read. I, I hadn't thought, I should say, I hadn't thought of the impact this is going to have on the moms that read your story and their ability to then see their daughters in your story. That wasn't even in the back of my mind. So I'm really glad you brought that up because uh, I have a daughter and now I can kind of keep that in my mind and be like, right, this is what we're bringing her into is this world of judgment. And how do we help her through that? And how do we help build her confidence? And oh my goodness, all the things. So <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing. And uh, thank you for spending your time with me today. Thanks, Nikki. that's it for today. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a review and share it with your friends. To learn more about me and what else I have on the go, skip on over to NikkiPorter.ca. Thanks again for listening and we'll connect again next week. Until then, remember, you have the power to take the reins and live the life you've always wanted. You just have to step into the arena with an open heart and an open mind.